appreciate um, how the Lord just uses His body. You know, people have just desires, uh, interests in various areas. You know, Dennis taking on the Thanksgiving blessing. It's just in his heart to do something in the community and he, he helps us become part of that. And, and Andy and Gail with Operation Christmas Child and, and Pastor Eldon. I mean, I'm just thankful for the, the things that God puts in His people. Because God cares about people. You know, we may not all have the very same interest, but within a body, you've got all these different... It's just cool. It's cool the way the Lord does that. So, I'm, I'm just thankful for you guys. I really am. Well, today, um, I'm going to give you some very practical, practical advice. And it's on the screen right now. Don't let your tongue catch on fire. Yeah, don't do that. Somebody already knows where it's at. I think I heard somebody say where it's at. (laughs) I've been reading through the book of James in my devotional time. And that's one of those books that you just... It's tempting to read through it kind of fast because there's so many things that hit you. (laughs) But anyway, last week uh, I talked about the life that's blessed... You know, how to have a blessed life. And we were going through passages in James that talked about humbly accepting the word, you know, that's planted in you. And then uh, looking intently into that word. And then do what it says. I mean, the it just is very clear that hearing is not sufficient. And you can end up deceiving yourselves if all you do is hear. You, you have to get in and then do. And then a life is blessed. This person will be blessed in all that they do. And today, uh, we're going to talk about the tongue. Anybody feel like they might get convicted today a little bit? Yeah, (laughs) raise your hands already ahead of time. (laughs) Okay, (laughs) okay. Don't let your tongue catch on fire. Okay, we're going to be in James chapter three, and this first part is just a little introduction. But in James chapter 3, starting with verse 2, and then we'll be going all the way through verse 10, but we're going to hop around. We're not going to go just straight through verse 2 through verse 10. I'm going to jump around a little bit because it makes my points line up a little better. James 3, 2. We all stumble in many ways. God is very practical. We all stumble. Now, he's not including himself, okay? (laughs) But we as people, we all stumble in many ways. If anyone is never at fault in what he says. Wow. He's basically saying, if you can get control of this part of your body, then you easily have control of everything else. This is the one that's the hardest to control. If any of you, if anyone is never at fault in what he says, he's a perfect man. A perfect man. What does perfect mean there? It's that Greek word teleos, teleos, excuse me. It refers to that which has reached an end, finished, complete, Perfect. When applied to people, it signifies soundness, includes the idea of being whole. When it's applied to Christians, in that context, believers, it means 
maturity. So, if anyone is never at fault in what he says, he is a person who has become mature in Christ. You know what? That's a sign of maturity. When your mouth is under the control of God. He's able to keep his whole body in check. Um, Jesus talked about words. Words are important. They are important. And uh, he was talking with a group of people. Some of them had said something. They said a real no-no. Okay, They had said something they should not have said. Jesus was there. And then he starts correcting the situation. And he starts talking about words. And he, says, he said that out of the abundance of your heart, the mouth speaks. You know, all that stuff that's in your heart, that's what will come out. And then he said in Matthew 12, 36 and 37, But I tell you that men will have to, and men is all-inclusive, okay, that men will have to give account on the day of judgment for every, what? (laughs) Careless word they have spoken. That's a praise God statement, isn't it? (laughs) But Jesus said this. He said, "I, I need to let you know this. That everybody's going to have to give account for every careless word they have spoken. And it goes on to say, For by your words you will be acquitted, and by your words you will be condemned. Can you imagine standing before the Lord, and He plays this scene and these words, and He says, I want you to explain yourself on this one. It's going to be a little rough. But you know what? I'm very thankful for the blood of Jesus Christ. It's not like these things keep stacking up and one day we stand before the Lord. We can deal with things right now. You know, you make a mistake and you say, God, I am sorry, that was wrong. Please forgive me. Just please forgive me for saying that. And Lord, help me. I want to start again. And you know what? Those things, they just get covered. And we're not giving account for them because we've taken care of it now. But words are powerful. Very powerful. Well, <clears throat> let's get into the first point. No person can tame the tongue. No person can tame the tongue. James chapter 3, starting with verse 7. All kinds of animals, birds, Reptiles and creatures of the sea are being tamed and have been tamed by man. But no man can tame the tongue. No man can tame the tongue. Animals have been tamed, you know. Birds have been tamed. I've seen birds doing, you know, tricks and stuff. Reptiles, I, I don't quite understand owning reptiles and things. But anyway, reptiles, they can be, they can be tamed, I guess. <laughs> Sea creatures. Hey, I've been to Sea World. I've seen the tricks and stuff. I mean, they they can be tamed. But the tongue, it can't be tamed. That seems rather extreme to say that. I was listening to a radio station a couple weeks ago, and they will have, like, call-in topics where people can call in and make comments on certain things. And this was... uh, it was Kayla. And anyway, the topic was 
tell a time when your pet did something destructive. Did you hear it when they were going through that? So, I, I mean, I'm not just listening to the radio. I'm doing other stuff, but every once in a while, you know, I, somebody would call in and, and they start telling about what their pet did. And I'm thinking, oh my goodness. <laughs> and at the end, it's like, oh yeah, but we still love them. They're just part of the family. Yeah, I know. We just let it go. And I'm thinking, no, I don't <laughs> No, no. <laughs> if my dog did what your dog did... My dog would be homeless right now. I, I, don't, I don't know. I mean, I love my dog, but I'm not going to... I mean, somebody bought a new furniture set. First day they came back, the dog had destroyed the new furniture set. I'm thinking, you know, I'm going to have a new fur rug. You know, <laughs> part of the next furniture set. I don't know. But anyway, I just I was amazed at the destruction <laughs> that these pets did, you know. But that's nothing compared to the destruction that a tongue can do. It is nothing compared to the destruction. Look at, look at what it says in this verse up here. No man can tame the tongue. It is a what? Restless evil. It sounds like a zombie movie. The tongue can be a restless evil. It's just just waiting for that next time to say something that is not from God. Then it goes on and says, it's full of deadly poison. I mean, there's just nothing good about that picture. Nothing. But how many people have been poisoned by words others have said? And some of them just, you know, cripple them. Sometimes those words kill things in people. Kills their hopes, kills their dreams, their self-esteem. I mean, words. <coughs> words are powerful. It goes on in James. I'm going to have to back up a little bit from here. But it, but it says that our tongue, it's like a fire. Now, let's just look at those. Back up to verse 5. So we're going backwards a little bit. Likewise, the tongue is a small part of the body. Tiny. Aren't you glad that your tongue isn't the size of your leg? I mean, that would be awkward. <laughs> okay, it's just a small part of the body. Small. But it makes great boasts. Consider what a great forest is set on fire by a small spark. A tiny little spark can destroy thousands of acres. And God says, I'm going to compare your tongue to that. Tiny words come out that bring devastation to others. Then it goes on to say this. <clears throat> the tongue is also a fire, a world of evil among the parts of the body. Now I thought about that and it's like a world of evil among the parts of the body. So it's like God is saying you got all these different parts in your body but the tongue is like this little world of evil. It's like, wow, that sounds nasty. It's its own little world of evil in your whole body. <clears throat> then it, it doesn't get any better. A world of evil among the parts of the body. It corrupts the whole person. This tiny little tongue can corrupt, that means to defile, 
or to pollute, the entire person, their whole being, can be polluted by what that little tongue can say. <coughs> Scripture talks, you know, about getting things under control in our lives. <clears throat> and I'm not going to look up verses, but I'm just going to list some things that, you know, that the Lord talks with us about concerning our tongue. And whenever we use our tongue to do the following things, we are corrupting ourselves. You are defiling yourself when you do it. Harsh and unkind words. You're defiling yourself. Lying. Lying. Every time you tell a lie, you are defiling yourself. You are corrupting yourself. Exaggeration. Unless it's fishing and hunting. Those are exceptions. Everything else falls under the category. Exaggeration is tough. You know, that's, one, that's a tough thing for pastors. You get up here and you got a great story, but it gets a little bigger. <laughs> okay, Lord, help me to keep this story <laughs> on the same level. False teaching. You know, Scripture warns us not to be quick to be teachers. Matter of fact, in James chapter 3, verse 1, that's the very first thing it says. Don't be quick to be a teacher because you're under stricter judgment. Because the tongue is so powerful. And has such a such a influence on everything that if you want to be a teacher, you better be careful. Because you're going to come under stricter judgment from the Lord. He's going to hold you accountable for the things you say as a teacher. Slander. Slander. Saying things about people wanting it to hurt them. Corrupting yourself. Gossip. Gossip. Nasty stuff. How is it that things are so nasty? Feels so good at the time. Gossip is just fun. But it's so, so wrong. You know? Christians, we don't necessarily gossip. We bring up prayer requests about people. I heard that so-and-so is doing this, and I think we should pray. That was gossip slash prayer. Okay, so there's all kinds of things. There's all kinds of things. You know, filthy language, filthy jokes, they have no place. It, it corrupts us when we do it. That's uh, prideful boasting. It's, it corrupts us. And, and God says this the tongue also is a fire, it's a world of evil among the parts of the body. It corrupts the whole person, sets the whole course of his life on fire. Now that's, again, that's some pretty out there stuff. Sets the whole course of a person's life on fire. Wow. I worked for a contractor for a period of time and he started taking insurance jobs, insurance claims. And so we started getting these jobs um, with homes that had gone through fires. And it's just devastation. You know, sometimes you can be, you know, I show up at the job and the house doesn't look too bad on the outside, you know, maybe a little smoke here or there, but you step inside and it's just devastation. You know, and, and you see, if you get there right after the fire and stuff and part of your job, you know, is to clean up the... You, all these pictures and stuff, they're just ruined. They're treasures. You know, some of these things are gifts from family and there's history and there's all kinds of emotion and, and they're just trash. 
and you're just hauling it out to a dumpster. And fires are devastating. And he says, man, if, if your tongue, you just let it do whatever it wants to do, it sets the whole course of your life on fire. There's just devastation, devastation, devastation. And maybe you're not even aware of it, but others around you are. So, <clears throat> then it goes on to say where the fire comes from. You know, your fire inspectors, they come in and they have to figure out where was the source of this. You know what I'm saying? Where's the source? We had one fire. It was a beautiful home up on mountains, mountainside. I looked down over the... It was just beautiful. Looked over the channel. And... Uh, but big fire. Big fire. And the uh, fire inspector, whoever, found, traced it back to... Uh, it was a pellet stove in the basement. And the a gentleman had taken some pellets out of the stove, emptied it, and it wasn't completely cold. And then he'd set them there, and that was a source that made them be out of their house for months. It took us like six months to redo that home. It was a huge project. The source. And God says, you know, this, this flame, do you know where the source of it is from? If you trace it back to its source, do you know where it starts? What's it say up there? It is itself set on fire from hell. We're talking demonic influence here. So God is saying, this is serious stuff. These are serious things. Your tongue, it can be such a gigantic blessing and source of life. But it can also be so destructive. Inspired, well, it says, sets the whole course of his life on fire and is itself set on fire by hell. Well, let's go to point number two because this one's a little depressing. Point number two. Offer your tongue to God. Offer your tongue to God. Now, we don't do that kind of stuff in a service. You know, lift your hands to the Lord, stick your tongue out to God. I mean, we don't do that kind of stuff. But still, the point is, offer your tongue to the Lord. Because He can take that unruly thing and cause beautiful things to come from it. Life-giving things. Life-changing things can come. James chapter 3, verse 3. When we put bits into the mouths of horses to make them obey us, we can turn the whole animal. So, in order to get control of the horse, what do we have to get control of? The mouth. You get control of the mouth of the horse, you put the bits in there, you can control the whole horse. Isn't that interesting? And that's why this was the analogy. Put a bit in the mouth of the horse, this great big animal, Typically, I've tried riding horses before. The bit thing didn't always work for me, okay? But for most people, it works well. Typically, it works well. Or take ships as an example. Verse 4. Although they are so large and are driven by strong winds, they are steered by a very small rudder wherever the pilot, wherever the captain wants it to go. The rudder is really small compared to the size of the ship. But yet, it dictates where that huge vessel is going. Side note, 
it's really important to have a good pilot or captain in charge of the rudder. Because there have been times in my life when I was the pilot and captain in charge and there's just been too many Exxon Valdez moments. <laughs> yeah, there's a crash, but it takes time for the results of the crash to get all cleared up. You know? And, it, and everybody can see the oil slick and the damage. and You know, God says, how about letting me be the pilot? of your tongue how about letting it be me and not just when you're feeling good but when you're angry how about letting me be the pilot when that person cuts you off in traffic let me be the pilot let's apply this to scripture Romans 6 Do not offer the parts of your body to sin. All different kinds of parts. Eyes, ears, nose, whatever. Do not offer the parts of your body to sin as instruments of wickedness. Now, that's what you were. That is the old man. That is the old nature. That is the person without Christ as Lord and Savior of their lives where you offered the parts of your body to sinful things. He said, no, don't do that anymore. That's not who you are. You're a new creation in Christ. The Spirit of God is in you. You don't have to be enslaved to those things. You have another source. Very, very able source to help you overcome. Do not offer the parts of your body to sin as instruments of wickedness, but rather, offer yourselves to God. As those who've been brought from death to life. Spiritually dead. Separated from God. Jesus comes in. New heart. New nature. God on the inside. Raised to life. Now, offer the parts of your body to Him as instruments of righteousness. So what was the tongue intended to be? An instrument of righteousness. God says, I want to take your tongue and bring glory to me. I know what your tongue was like before. But I want to take it. And I want to use it. And I'm going to make eternal differences in people's lives. That's the plan of God. Let me tell you, God wants to use our mouths to make eternal differences in people's lives. And we may not even know it at the time. But when we're letting God have control, things will come out of us that bring life, that lead people to Jesus, that encourage them in their faith. I'm convinced that the Lord wants us to have life. The words of Jesus, you know, I have come that you would have life and have it more abundantly or to the full, whatever your translation is. That is God's plan. He wants us to be able to live life in a way that is full, without regrets. And He wants our tongues, our words, to line up with His will for our lives. God's will is good. It's good. So, 
if God wants us to have life, then what does He want our tongues to produce? Life. He wants our tongues to produce life. Does that mean you only say positive things? No. You can use correction. You can use your mouth with correction in a godly way that will bring people to life. Okay? So, Proverbs. Proverbs is awesome. Lots of things in there about talking. Proverbs 10, verse 11. The mouth of the righteous is a fountain of life. That's the plan of God. For each one of us. Oh, Mike, you don't know what kind of home I grew up in. We were so negative, it was ridiculous. God knows. And His plan is still to make you a person. Your mouth is a fountain of life to those around you. Might take a while, but God is patient. Proverbs 10.21 The lips of the righteous nourish many. Nourish many. It didn't say the lips of the righteous deplete all of those around them. It nourishes. Have you been around people that just suck the life out of you? Yeah, don't point. You know, and I, you know, who am I to judge? But I just know there's some people that just kind of suck the life right out of you. You know? And then you, there's other people that you're around them and you're just like built up. I mean, you just feel encouraged. You see them come in the room and you kind of make your way over there because you know they're just going to build you up and encourage you. God wants us to be a source of life when we speak. Now, God didn't say, I'm not going to let you share this message until you get everything perfect in your life concerning your, your speech. Because you would never hear this message. Okay? He's working on me. He's working on you. He's working on the person next to you a lot. <laughs> Who said amen? Who said that? <laughs> okay. That was either from God or we'll just move on. <laughs> okay. Listen, Proverbs 18.21. The short verse, but it's, it's just really strong. It says, The tongue has the power of life and death. It has the power of life and death. And those who love it will eat its fruit. And I used to think, that's worded kind of funny. Those who love it will eat its fruit. But I guess what it means is, there's people that they're just negative and they just kind of like death and that's the way they speak. And then that's what they get back. And then there are others, they just, they just love life. And they speak life. And that's what they get back too. That's what they eat. What they're speaking, they also get back. Powerful. Offer your tongue to God. It will become a source of life. It will become a source of strength. God's plan for us is life. God's plan for us is healing. And you know what? He wants to use our tongues to be a source of healing to others. Has God spoken things to you that have brought healing to you? Has He? Yeah. God heals. That's what He does. He heals. I've been reading His Word and there are things that come to me and they just bring healing. I have, not verbally where other people could hear it, but God has spoken to me 
uh, with words very specific to me that brought healing to me. They were healing. And God says, I want you to be like me. I want you to be full of me. And I want you to be like me. So that the words that you speak, they bring healing to people. Instead of them feeling hopeless when you're done talking, they have some hope. That's, that's what he wants. Offer your tongues as an instrument of righteousness. Look at this one in Proverbs 12. <clears throat> Reckless words pierce like a sword. You and I have all said words that we really didn't necessarily mean, but we were reckless. And it just came out, we were mad, and we knew that this would hurt the person, so we just said it. Reckless words pierce like a sword. And sometimes we say, well, I just want to pull the sword out. Let's just forget I did that. Not everybody can just forget that you put a sword in them. <laughs> okay. But the tongues, the tongue of the wise brings healing. The tongue of the wise brings healing. God's got a path for us that's good. Let's let our tongues line up with the will of God and let's not let our tongues take us off the path of God. Okay? The rudder of the ship, let God be in control of the rudder. Let God put the bit in your mouth so he can turn you where he wants you to go. <sighs> he wants to lead us to life. He wants to. My last point is really, really quick. <clears throat> Don't stay immature. Don't stay immature. In our daycare, kids, after they get old enough, they have to go to the next classroom. And some of them are just ready to go. Man, they want to be with the big kids. And once in a while, you'll get a child that says, I want to be a baby. <laughs> They're too old to be in the toddler room. They need to be in the next room. But they want to be babied. I want to be a baby. Sorry, ain't happening. Costs more to be in that other room and your parents aren't going to pay that anymore. You just need to grow up a little bit. Saving them some money and you just need to grow up, okay? God says, it's okay for babies to be babies, but you can't stay babies forever. You got to grow up. What? Somebody, you got to grow up. It's part of the plan of God. Growing up. Immature Christianity, it's okay when you're a new Christian and growing. I mean, you're immature. Hey, rejoice. But don't stay immature. <laughs> you know, don't. Okay, let me just get back here. James chapter 3, verse 9. So we've jumped ahead now. We've been bouncing around, but now we're at verse 9. With the tongue we praise our Lord and Father, and with it we curse men. Who have been made in God's likeness. I know, isn't that disgusting? It's just disgusting. So we can worship God and mean it with all of our hearts. And ten minutes later, we can be just saying nasty stuff and mean it with all of our hearts. <laughs> and that's just a sign of immaturity. Okay? And God says, don't stay immature. How many of you have gone to church and then gotten in a fight on the way home from church? 
Yeah, raise your hand. I just want to see. Okay, here we go. Come on, let's just be honest. All right, there's lots of hands. Yeah. Have we ever? I'm assuming so. I don't know. I don't know. We don't talk anymore, so I don't know. <laughs> Our fights typically were on the way to church. <laughs> but listen, verse 10. Out of the same mouth comes praise and cursing. My brothers. It shouldn't be. That's, that's not the plan of God. Okay, so, so that's the end of my message. God, no man can tame the tongue. But God can. God can. So we need to give Him our tongues. On a daily basis. Probably several times throughout the day if it's going to be really effective. But you know what? If you consciously do that, being aware, God, I want you to use my tongue, one of the first things that will happen is you'll probably talk less. You'll just talk less. Because there's something you want to say and you're remembering and God says don't say it, so you just, you just shut up. So you'll become quieter for a while. <laughs> I was a very negative person. God started dealing with me on that. And the first big change in my life was I just didn't say as much. You know, less trouble. Just keep your mouth shut. But that wasn't his end goal. His end goal was that, yes, I would talk, but it would be beneficial to those around me and not detrimental. So, if you just end up talking less, there was a, I didn't, didn't write it down, but there was another one in Hebrews that said, with a lot of talking usually comes sin. So if you just keep talking and talking and talking, eventually sin typically comes out. So just, you know, don't. Watch your talk. But eventually, from, from just keeping your mouth shut to actually purposely saying things that the Lord wants you to say, even if you're mad, even if you're frustrated, even if you're afraid, saying the things that He wants you to say, then it's like He's getting control of the rudder. And He's directing you down a good path. It is the path of life. It is the path of life. And those that love it will eat the fruit of it. Going down that path of life. So today, I want everyone to put their tongues on the altar. No. I had to say that. We're going to do a couple things. Um, Worship team, would you come please? Thank you. We appreciate appreciate you very much. Um, There's just a couple things. And you don't have to come to the altar. But we're all going to pray. You can pray from where you're at. But... I would like, let's stand together. Let's just go ahead and stand. I'd like for us to just again today offer our tongues to the Lord and just say, you know what? My, my tongue is an instrument of righteousness. I place it in your hands. You can do that from your chair, but if you would like to come forward and just meet with the Lord and say, I'm just going to dedicate my tongue once again to you, then that's fine. That's fine. The other thing that I wanted to give opportunity for is that some people have been very, very wounded by words. And... And I'm not saying they just kind of feel bad when they think about it. It has crippled them. 
It's crippled them. People have said things to them, maybe even when they were children growing up, and it's stuck, and it has crippled them. And God says, I've come to set people free. You don't have to stay wounded and stuck. God can set you free. So, if there's anybody today where you know there's some words that they just, they're just there. And as you're living life, those things that were said, they cripple you, they keep you, they hold you back, they hold you in a place, and you know that's not where God wants you to stay. Then I want to pray. Let's let the Lord just heal that up so you can move on. Forgive, let it go under the blood of Jesus, refusing to allow Satan to try to use it any longer, just moving on. Because God has a path of life for us. Of life. So, worship team, if you will lead us. If you want to come, just to meet with the Lord, dedicate yourself to Him, fine. If you want prayer for some wounding that the Lord wants to heal, I, I want to pray for people. I've been prayed for for wounds and God is healed and you know he does that he does that so go ahead and